basically. And I believe mental emotional wellness is one of those areas that we can always get better at, even if you feel you're doing pretty well at it. And the leadership component, which we can go into too, really communication, creating team culture, and how both of those really feed off each other and allow you to not only increase your impact, but your bottom line. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson, and I'm back with another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. You've got a lock to the Audacious Living Podcast, and as always, it's my pleasure to be here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. Welcome to episode 235 of the podcast. It's great to have you join us here, and it's also great to be joined by Jennifer Watson, who's today's guest. Uh, Jennifer is a leadership expert who has a particular focus on wellness and the things that leaders can do to promote wellness uh, in their organizations. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer leaves us with a bunch of really great insights I think you'll all appreciate. So without any further ado, here's my chat with Jennifer Watson. Enjoy. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for making the time like this. Thank you so much for having me, Audley. I'm so excited to be here. I love to contribute to audiences like this, and I know it's going to be an epic conversation. <laughs> epic is quite nice, and we'll learn about that in a little bit. Um, you, 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 uh, well, I mean, I was going to say you, you work in leadership, but it's more than just that. Uh, so, so, Maybe as a starting point, um, I can sort of get you to sort of talk about the, the work that you do, how you're helping people uh, uh, out there. Uh, this podcast is very much about encouraging individuals to, you know, we talk about living their best audacious lives and, you know, you, your work is helping the individuals get to a better place, whether they're leaders or not necessarily in leadership positions, but anyone for that matter. But let's, let's, let's give you a chance to sort of explain a bit further. Absolutely. You know, I, I have lived a really great life, oddly, and I'm very, I'm very honored to have lived the life I've lived, but probably like many of your guests that come on, a lot of those amazing moments came from times where I had to navigate through some pretty tough stuff, and that truly is what has gotten me, and you know, we hear it all the time, and sometimes people kind of roll their eyes or it gets cheesy to them, but you guys truly the older I get, and there's a lot of things that happen. I'm a practitioner, so I speak a lot about the science, about how our body wants to rise during really hard times and actually accelerate us to the audacious life that we desire. And I've always been very high-performing, quote, successful in a lot of things in my life. I was a good student. I was a good athlete. I became an All-American. I had my first PT practice pretty early out of PT school all these successes, right? And what I had a tendency to do is really connect doing a lot of high performance and a lot of epic things to getting seen, getting known, getting loved. And it was one of those things that I just couldn't get enough of it, that whole dopamine hit. And even though I was doing a lot yeah. of I think, amazing things for people and just contributing, yeah. and I'm so proud of that, um, it was getting really wearing on me. And it led to a lot of actually depression and anxiety for me, even in college where I was an All-American and I was doing really, quote, well on the surface. And Thus actually began my journey toward understanding what true wellness was, that it wasn't just physical. You know, I got the injuries just like any athlete and learning how to persevere, the mental edge toughness, learning how to get through physical injuries. I learned that in some areas of mental health, I wasn't really doing that well in. And I just started navigating that, looking at the body and the mind and the soul and how you can really optimize it. So when I got into PT school, after graduation, undergrad, I really got to transfer a lot of my own journey to other courses that started taking me beyond PT school. And when I opened up my first brick and mortar PT practice so many years ago now, I was able to integrate all these aspects of wellness that are so important. They feed off each other oddly. And I've had two brick and mortar PT practices. And even though I'm a coach, consultant, and speaker now, I take a lot of what I understand healing to be for a person, wellness to be, resilience, so and how that affects how you lead now for a lot of business owners I work with. I do a lot of wellness and now leadership consulting because I've had businesses and I've had them in wellness. So now I get to marry the two areas that I truly believe are kind of either catapulting people to success, whether they're in business or in their personal life, 
or causing them to self-implode. And I believe mental emotional wellness is one of those areas that we can always get better at, even if you feel you're doing pretty well at it. And the leadership component, which we can go into too, really communication, creating team culture, and how both of those really feed off each other and allow you to not only increase your impact, but your bottom line. So at this point, even though I don't do much practitioner work anymore, I get a heal on stage as, as a speaker. I get to bring my wellness and leadership component to all the executives and high performers and business leaders that I get to work with now. And it's only been because of my dark journey that navigated me to where I can serve people in a more powerful way in wellness and in leadership. So that's where I'm at now in a nutshell. <laughs> well, 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 so first of all, thank you for sharing. And I just so love the fact that uh, you're able to sort of take from your journey uh, that we go through. And and, and 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 that for me is one of the beauties of the struggle, if you will, right? And not that you just, I mean, getting through it, absolutely. Kudos to you, fantastic. But when you can take that, look back and say, hey folks, here's how you can learn, or here's what I did, or, you know, here's how you can navigate. Like, that, that's where the true value and power lies. And, and I know in the moment, it doesn't feel like a great thing, and it should, because it's not, you know, adversity and struggles are meant to feel good. But do know on the other side, and the, the wonderful things that can come out of it's really that gets me charged and excited. And, you know, it's really interesting, because I know you probably draw in a lot of high performers that are listening right now, no matter who you are, what you want to high perform in. And I used to have a really, I'll call it dysfunctional relationship, what I thought being tough was or being mm -hmm. resilient during tough times. And it actually just it imploded me. And what I mean is a lot of us high performers think that going through hard times has to feel junky all the time, 24 seven. It's just the way it is. Wait till the storm to pass. Or if they're going toward a goal during hard time, like it's going to suck. There's going to be resistance. And I have to tell you guys, I challenge that uh, through my own journey. I found that even during quote hard times that you can create health, mind, body, soul health, that you can actually create less resistance when you know how the mind and body chemistry works so it can rise for you. And actually I lean into adversity now. And I'm not saying you guys, it doesn't feel hard. What I'm saying is I've learned tools that change the chemistry in my internal being. So when something comes at me or my team, it actually allows it to rise where I feel still high energy. I can make good decisions. I can connect with people like oddly. I can have a hard morning and still step into my zone of genius. And I believe there's a, a, an equation to that, that a lot of us are missing as high performers that we actually carry as a, as a gold star or a badge of honor. Hey, it sucked, but I lived with it for five years. I'm like, well, you got successful, but you feel like crap. What's the cost and ratio of that? And I believe you can have both. I believe you can have your health, your impact, and rise through that adversity. But there are tools that actually get you more there more effectively than what we used to do in the past. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about those tools in a second. But I, I, I think for me, when I look at so, and I, and I, I one hundred percent agree with you. It's almost um, so. Like if I equate it to to feelings of, uh, of sadness or happiness, right? You've been going through a difficult time. I still find moments of happiness, right? Still find moments to be joyful or appreciative or feel some fulfillment fulfillment from, even though you're going through a challenge or a difficult time. So much to you, uh, to 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 what you identify, it's still you're still able to rise above regardless yeah. of what's going on for you. You mentioned some tools. Let's talk about some of those tools that people can use to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, I literally just did a live on Instagram a couple of days ago about that. Just because one area of your life is sucking doesn't mean all areas have to. And actually that one area that's sucking, you can actually catapult it to make it better with the right tools and make other areas in your life better. And one of the things I tell people to look at for one, when you're kind of in crisis, your body and your brain naturally go into what we call fight or flight or freeze, you know, a lot of us on this show that are listening probably know what category we have a tendency to go into when we're feeling a lot of stress. And what that does to the body, it has a tendency to shut everything down, okay? However, okay, I want you guys to hear this. However, because it's in that moment of crisis, it's just like when you have an acute injury. I, as a PT, I always say this it's easier to heal something acute because everything's on high alert versus something chronic. You can heal both, but you can get more 
adaptability when no. something's early in a stage. So when you have a crisis, it goes the same, you guys, when you're having something that you are deeming as a stressful, high crisis, unsafe situation, if you use the right tools, which you go through, you can bring your body very quickly into a calm state because it's ready to use a tool because it wants to get out of it. Yes. So you guys hear this when right. you're about to go and you feel like you're self imploding, or you're hitting a wall or you're hitting the cement, know with the right tools, your body's actually wanting to get out of it. You just need a tool and it actually can springboard you faster than if it's a chronic repeated right. issue. And that same tool can be used to ex extrapolate and accelerate things in other areas of your life. So here's something to think about. So you guys, just like if you have a protocol, you go into physical therapist mm -hmm. and they deem a diagnosis, they have tools for you, right? To help you heal in acute situations. When you have something that you are deeming, I want you guys to be very clear on this. When you're deeming that it's unsafe, what I'm saying by that, that you're giving a thought to your brain that you're running from a bear. Okay. okay. So it, you're saying that. So it's just like you literally are physically running from a bear because your thought you're giving to the brain is you're saying that. Okay. So we need to give it a different thought, but first we need to calm it down. So it's willing to receive the thought. Cause think about when you're stressed, oddly, if, if I don't give you a tool to kind of calm you down, anything I say that be helpful quote to you is not going to be helpful. Okay. So when yeah, you, Jennifer, that, I'm sorry, Jennifer, <laughs> that is such a tremendous point on, on bringing ourselves and, and being calm. Um, yeah. And, 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 and that, that really is the, the starting point. But I think that is the piece we're yeah. oftentimes missed that you, you, you know, people will try to want to make decisions, but they're not in the calm state. And the decision ends up not being the greatest. A hundred percent. So the three tools I'm going to give you guys right now, before you even go into problem solving, you guys hear what I just said. These three tools are actually precursors to get you in a calm state. So your mind is ready to receive an answer that will not only help your quote problem, but give you actually solutions for other things you want to accelerate in your life. It's a great idea. Okay. So these are the three steps, everyone. The first thing is movement. I'm not talking about exercise. I'm not even talking about breath work or meditation. What I'm talking about is going outside in the sun for two minutes, everyone, and do a motion that feels good to you and fun to you. It can be skipping. It can be jump roping. It can be dancing. I'm a dancer. I love to go outside and dance. And what I mean by that, you're doing something to move the negative like energy to yuck through your body. And you're doing something that feels good that the body already knows. And the brain goes, I like this activity. So you're already saying to it, it's safe to do something right. that's fun, right? So you're already, the brain's going, okay, she's moving some of this junk through. It's just like having some, something bad to eat. And you do something to kind of help move it out. When you move, you guys, you move those negative anxiety, depression, whatever you're feeling, frustration right then by movement. If you do something fun, the brain's like, yeah, I like doing that. It's starting to calm down. Movement, two minutes, everyone. All that I'm getting, these three tools can take up to five minutes total, okay? So all that you're saying, I have too much to do in a day. This is less than five minutes. The That's first right. one is to move outside. You guys, I've been known to do somersaults in my yard and people think I'm nuts, but it helps, okay? Sorry, your, neighbors, your neighbors must love you. They see outside, they're like, oh, okay. they're yourself down again. <laughs> And so my healing side note, oddly, is helping them laugh and create joy. So there you there go. You go. There you go. The second tool, after you're starting to calm it down, it's starting to yep. believe you a little bit. The second tool is, you know how your brain has a tendency to ruminate on the problem? Guess what rumination is, everyone, is equal to practicing the problem, not solving it. You're just thinking and thinking. So what you need to do is give it something else to think about. Redirect what it's trying to think about into something else, even if it's something basic. So the next thing you're gonna do outside, okay, you guys, if it's cold out, you can get back inside, that's fine too. Yeah. You're going to look for something outside that is your favorite color. My favorite color, for instance, is red. Look for something outside and you start searching. You're you're literally creating a cortisone shot to the brain. Think of like the cortisone shot. It's an anti-inflammatory to the need to help with swelling to stop the cycle, right? When you redirect by thinking about something really basic, the brain can't be thinking about something else like a problem. So you start redirecting and looking for red. I said red because it's my favorite color. You do that for a minute to do. Okay, you guys, we're up to four minutes. Now your brain, we cut the circuit, it's starting to calm down a little bit more. Okay. No. The third part of that, everyone, is where we want to seal the deal. So you've moved, you've redirected, and now you want to do something 
that your body does every day that feels safe. Okay. Making your bed. Maybe it's, you start with the podcast in the morning, um, oddly because you like a certain podcast, maybe it's making lunch for your children that your brain sees as safe. So you're sealing a deal. It's like, okay, she's doing something that feels good to me. Calm down. And finally, you guys always say after those three, because you just flushed a lot of things through, you slam a glass of eight ounces of water and that's going to flush any residual emotion in that chemistry that comes out. Because you guys, when you have stress, you do drop cortisol and many other chemicals in the body that the body doesn't like that creates that continued stress. So flushing with water, you guys, those three things take less than five minutes five minutes. And what this does, everyone, it takes you out of fight or flight or freeze into a, what we call a calm state of being. When you are calm where we're supposed to be, get this everybody research 80% of the time. How many of us are actually there 80% of the time? This is why we've lacked productivity, why we're tired at the end of the day. So we want, when you feel yourself there, do this throughout the day. Now you're ready to receive. I guarantee you, everyone, mm-hmm. you'll already, when you get back to your computer or you talk to Audley about something, you will have a new solution in your brain because now it is out of the fight or flight and it's optimizing your creative zones. It's now starting to dump dopamine and endorphins and serotonin. Anytime we associate joy and happiness, we look at more creative opportunities. Now you start getting options for your problem. What happens because like draws like when you find one solution here, it gives you other options for the solutions in other things that you're not necessarily thinking about, but maybe in your business, your personal life, because again, it's called cross-contamination. Your brain doesn't know how to go from one thing to another. just knows it's now in problem solving mode. How cool is this? So we just gave you a technique that's three steps. It takes five minutes, seal it with a deal of a glass of water. I literally, you guys, I do this daily. Sometimes we all know this as high performers and business leaders and life gets lifey sometimes. And we get thrown something out of left field. And how many of us lose productivity or performance in our day because we're perseverating and ruminating, we're feeling low or our team is. Mm-hmm. You use these tools, you guys. I use these among many other ones that go a little deeper with my coaching clients and it saves them productivity and bottom line. So again, it doesn't matter if you have a business or you just want to get a lot done in the day and you because you're a high performer. I'm telling you, everyone, this is the missing piece in creating better performance during a day that can go haywire. Do these three techniques and it will be game changing that your body and brain will be in the receiving mode because you changed the chemistry of the body to receive. <laughs> well, 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 I love them. First off, Jennifer, that's, that's amazing because uh, well, for, for a bunch of reasons, certainly the simplification of them, yeah. it's something we all can do. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. Yeah. You don't need a master's or a PhD to, to, to institute them. Oh. And, and, and I think what they, and, and when, you look so, when you sort of look at the, the techniques that you talked about, the tools that you talked about, the, the, the direct connection that they have, the body and the mind, there is yeah. a direct connection. And as opposed to they're isolated, or oh, this is, they're, 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 they are connected. And I think that's really important uh, for people to understand. And um, I, you know, I, I think for me, even my own self, when I look at, you know, when I'm in these sort of states, what I, what I try to do is, is, is be as close to the, and I, and I, I call them uh, healthy preoccupations, right? Things that, 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 that I enjoy and ways I can be as, and, and I find ways to be as close to them as possible. And I find that even when I'm challenged with something and there's a struggle of some sort, I try, I look to, I try to do something that's just creative that yeah. makes my brain think differently or, right. or, um, you know, I get to, I, I, my, my blessing and, and fortune I have is, uh, you know, with this podcast, I'm able to talk to so, so many incredible people. Yeah. So many wonderful things. So even if I come into it and not, not having a great day, and I'm sitting down with Jennifer, I'm feeling great. So yeah. it's around being, finding ways to be around things that charge you, that give you joy, that energize you, that lift your spirits. Not that your problems will go away. Now the stress doesn't exist. Yeah. It, but there's ways of managing it. And when I think when you're in that, and to allude to what you said, and when you find ways to to calm yourself down, bring yourself in a state, you're now able to really address a problem. A hundred percent. And what you said, like I work with so many leaders, like you said, I do a lot of leadership and wellness training. And we always start with the wellness piece individually or collectively because it affects 
how they communicate. And we definitely go into other aspects of leadership, but this wellness piece is so important. And you know, what's so funny what you just said. I love what you just said, oddly about being around good people, making sure you're picking teams that create a culture of positivity. Now it doesn't mean that we're all going to be positive every day. What it means is that you're on this common vision alignment of understanding the influence of that. They actually did a research study, oddly, get this, where they looked at people that worked, you know, in a similar environment, about six feet apart, like cubicles, and they tested their IQ six weeks, you know, basically before and then six weeks after And one group was around, quote, negative people, people talking negative all the time. The other was around a positive environment. They found they retest IQ. The people that were around negative people, their IQ went down 20%, 20%. Wow. Those that were around wow. positive people, it went up 10%. So you got to double down people. Understand that you can get smarter, not only be more high vibe, you can get smarter. You think that's going to help your productivity and your solutions? You get smarter just by being around nice people, everyone. That's huge. That's, think about that. No, I know it's an amazing study. And I think, yeah. too, what it, 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 it reinforces is just another thing to reinforce why it is important for ourselves yeah. to be in that positive state as much as we possibly can. And right. again, we're, you're, you're, we're not acting like problems don't exist here. We're not yeah. saying that you know, it's, it's, all, it's all roses and, and rainbows out there because yeah. there, it's not. We know that. Yeah. But we also know that there's that, that, that kind of like, you know, you, you've got the four seasons that everything has its time. And, yeah. you know, the pain's going to be forever. Yeah. You know, and someone else, you know, I've I've interviewed a lot of amazing leaders and high performers. And another thing, oddly, and I know other than be, being around positive people, and this is kind of my athlete mentality too, because I used to push my body to the limit, but we talk about doing hard things every day. So what I call kind of pre-adversity, because what that does, everyone, is it increases your bandwidth. So your brain doesn't see, quote, adversity. All adversity looks like to the brain is change, by the way. It doesn't know if it's good or bad. Even like people are, that are getting ready for weddings, that's a good stress, but it's still stressful. It's change, right? So brain doesn't see something as good as bad. It just sees it as different. So when you do something hard or different every day, it gets practice and it gets to understand that when something does come at, at it, that's different. It is like, yeah, I got it. We see this all the time. So it can be a mental different hard. It could be a physical hard. Everybody asks me like, do I actually do something hard every day? I'm like, yeah. Navigating a tough conversation, maybe, maybe having a cold shower. So it's nothing big, but you guys, you wonder how people during 2020, some companies did well, some people did well. There's a lot of layers to why they did, but one of the things they were doing, I guarantee you everyone is they've been doing pre-adversity activities that allowed them to have a higher bandwidth. Think of like a glass of water. When you do pre-adversity type of activities, you increase the size of the glass. So when adversity comes, AKA more water, you're rolling because you have a bigger bandwidth. It literally changes the chemistry in your body. So it's not just, oh, you get used to it. It literally changes what your brain sees as hard or not. So that's the other thing with a lot of leaders and high performers. I encourage them to do something hard a little bit every day. And it doesn't have to take three hours. It could be something really short. So that's yeah, another tool. Yeah. We're kind of just dumping into tools here, you guys, but it really can help from a mental health perspective and ultimately from a leadership and performance perspective. <laughs> I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with going into our toolbox with as much as we can. You know, well, one day we need a hammer, one day we need a wrench, right? It's just yeah. is a good thing. Um, let, let's talk, let's specifically talk about so the, the wellness side of your work. And I would imagine um, uh, wellness conversations once upon a time and uh, with particularly with leaders, that's to say, uh, were a lot more difficult to have than say now in terms of understanding the importance and the significance of, of paying attention to our personal wellness. It's not always about you know the the the, 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 the numbers, the bottom line, and you know uh, productivity is important, absolutely. Uh, but there's I see wellness as a vehicle to help yeah. companies, organizations, and individuals get to a more productive state. Is that is that fair to say? hundred percent. They actually did a research study. I'm all about studies too, um, post COVID, you know, and they looked at, at things that employees were desiring from their employers. Okay. You guys, money was number five. You guys think about that. I want you to sit with that. And a lot of people lost their jobs in 20 money was number five. You guys in the top two. Okay. One was 
ability to have some type of personal development that was in the company. You guys, whether it be coaches, consultants, or having them take courses that develop them as people, that was number one or two. You guys think about that. So they're not just about, they want to contribute to your cause and vision. They want to grow personally and professionally. Okay. Number two, guess what the other thing was, everybody, people are really looking for deep connection to not only the vision, mission, and core values of a company, but actually feeling transformation in the company with their team. They want to feel deep connection. They're, this is in research, everybody, that they truly want deep connection. They want personal development. They want deep connection to your cause and to each other and have deep trans- transformation of themselves that can contribute to your cause. And they want to be able to grow in contribution for your company. You guys, those were the top two. The third was a, an environment, team culture that gave good mental health, that gave an opportunity to have good mental health. Many people were struggling with yep. communicating and other fighting and stuff during and just so many different things where we weren't we weren't able to navigate tough conversations when people were maybe disagreeing or agreeing. So think about that, everyone. Personal development deep connection and transformation to your vision and mission and for themselves and the ability to be able to have a culture that optimized mental health. That's the top three, everybody. And number five was money. (laughs) We got to listen to these stats, everybody, you know, as leaders, I look at that, like, of course we want to pay our people. Well, money's a beautiful thing. It makes the world go around. It's important, but look at the other things that people desire. And one of them is having tools for mental health, having tools for personal growth, having tools to deeply connect to your mission and elevate the company. And by the way, everybody, you're probably like, oh my gosh, you have to know all this. This is why you hire coaches, consultants, because some of this may not be your niche. Maybe mental health, you're like, I think it's important, Jennifer, but I don't know anything about it. You don't have to. Being aware that maybe your staff is struggling and then reaching out is appropriate. Maybe communication is good. Reach out to leadership coaches. Like, you guys, there's people outside of your organization. The good leaders aren't good at everything. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The good leaders are not good at everything. What they're good at is awareness where there's bottlenecks and navigate and delegate or hire accordingly to get through it more exponentially. So hopefully that helps you guys with what employees are looking at. One, okay, like I said, mental health is just on a new platform of influence and it's always been there, but now people are appreciating it. And number two, they want you to contribute to them and invest in them. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you get 100% buy-in by your team, by your clients, you get a higher retention rate. Everybody wins everybody. You know, I've had, I've gone into businesses where we haven't changed anything with their systems per Mm -hmm. se, quote unquote, air quotes, but we've changed the things we're talking about. Like, oh my gosh, our bottom line is proof. Oh my gosh, no one's calling in sick. Oh my gosh, people, they're getting along better and they're actually being more productive. I'm like, yes, this is why. So you guys take this seriously with what we're talking about. Money is there, but it's way behind the other things that they want to grow in. And that's important to people in this day and era that we live in. I don't, and, and you're right. I, th- I think that the money being number five w- would shock a lot of people, surprise, but it really yeah. speaks to what what matters most. Uh, yes. It's funny as you're thinking, as you're sort of going, going through the list. I think for me, uh, you know, c- culture is important. Right? Culture is really important. It, that it supports you as an individual, uh, maybe personally supporting my own goals, my desires, my wishes, aspirations. So um, yeah, I think it it it, it if, if you run through. Uh, uh, individual, you know, what's important to people, you know, as much as they may save money, you know, yeah. there are some other things that are there. And I think that's important. Uh, on, on the wellness piece, uh, particularly in the workplace, if you will, specifically, um, I believe, and, and, you know, maybe you can help me here and, and validate what I'm saying, because it makes you sound smart. But I believe that leaders oftentimes are the ones um, who can make the, the, the biggest difference in the workplace from a wellness standpoint to support employees. But 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 oftentimes, it doesn't have to be these big, big, huge things. They get really small, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but still quite in, impactful. Can you yeah. sort of talk about some of those little things that you know, the small things leaders can do? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing I'm going to tell everyone is another thing that is really desired by a lot of people is psychological safety. And what I mean is, everyone, you have to, as leaders, and I will say this has changed. Vulnerability has always been around. Vulnerability has beautiful points to it. But what we're seeing that more employees, 
team members want from their leaders is more ability to be vulnerable. Okay. Now, by the way, everyone, you have things to get done in a business. I'm not saying you're sitting there counseling someone for an hour. Okay. Small, what you just said. What did I say with all at the very beginning, those tools, it took five minutes, everyone. If it's not your expertise, we're not expecting you to be there in that type of way, but it's having the radars and being willing to have vulnerable, tough, vulnerable conversations with someone. And it starts with you. An employee doesn't always know it can be comfortable coming to you, oddly saying, I'm struggling with mental health or I'm struggling with this person at work. I'm struggling. You have to show by example, everyone. Maybe when I, for instance, when I first opened my PT practice and I did have a vulnerable conversation with my team, I'm like, listen, you guys, I, I'm struggling in my mental health right now. I'm struggling in my stress and I'm handling it. And I want you to know that I'm getting help for me and for you guys, because it's important to me because I believe that it's important for our culture and that we continue to move forward in that way. And we're a wellness company. You know how hard that was? No, by the way, you don't always have to start there, but you guys, I literally had my team. They're like, wow, she's like us. They were open to taking on more roles while I was having to do some different things for my mental health. They were coming forward like, wow, I've struggled. This has helped me. Hey, can you help me with this? You guys, it made us more connected. So Mm. I always say one of the smallest things you can do to create vulnerability, psychological safety for your team is be vulnerable with them first. Because often what happens to leaders, they're like, I didn't know they were struggling Then someone leaves or, and you feel like you're deer in headlights. If you're not willing to have conversations like this, sometimes people will want to leave instead of having the conversation that they think is not going to go well, because they've never heard you have an open space for that. So I'm going to encourage all leaders, the small things you can do is be intimate, be vulnerable. I'm not saying to wear your, everything on your sleeve. What I'm saying right. is we're appropriate and where you feel led. I talk a lot about intuitive leadership as well. When to share things and allow vulnerability to be open. Okay. And if it's not your skill set, at least they're coming to you and find tools for them. It opens up their ability to communicate with you and with their teammates. It creates again, a good positive environment because now you've made it safe for them to come to you with something that maybe is hard because you came to them with something hard. So the first thing I would do is always do some micro vulnerability. People are craving deep connection to their leaders, everyone, even corporations. I work with corporations, everybody. They're, they're wanting and desiring deeper connection, better personal development. And that's the one way you can do it is being willing to share your own struggles in vulnerability and you start the vulnerable conversations because how do businesses grow through vulnerable communication, everyone vulnerable communication. If you do not communicate or do not communicate well, your company will self implode, you know, and if you do it well, they also be the ones that accelerate. So that is the micro thing I would do every day, but no matter what, even if it's vulnerable communication, maybe there's something else that you want to see your team do better at you guys. Lead by example. I literally had a guy say to me that I was working with, well, I want my team to do this, but I'm horrible example, probably laugh, laugh, laugh. He's like, cause I don't do it. I'm like, do you get you guys, people with your kids, everyone looks at um, what you do, right? Yes. The micro integrities you have, if you want your team to do it, you do it too. If yeah. you want them to be vulnerable and come to with problems, you be vulnerable. Like you guys are yeah. mirroring. I will say this, my biggest tip for all of you, micro doses, whatever you desire in you and for your company, micro dose it to your team every day because they're watching they're watching, they're watching. And I'm telling you that is going to give them a lot more connection to you and trust of you. And it's going to create trust is the highest frequency, but it's going to create so much congruency with you. So micro vulnerability, direct connection with people and make sure that they're feeling that they can safely do the same. And once you do that again, game over, you're going to make a lot more connections with the right people and draw on the right people that want to work for you. No, it, it will. Um, your comments around vulnerability, I really love because um, I also believe that that, that is a, a sign of strength, whereas mm-hmm. some would say, oh, it's weak if you're vulnerable and you know, you're know you not supposed, supposed to be tough or whatever it is, uh, the misconceptions are around it. But vulnerability uh, is a very, very effective tool from a, a connection standpoint, uh, building that environment of trust and safety like you talked about uh, mm-hmm. and being, you know, allowing 
uh, the environment for individuals to feel the same to 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 yeah. share or turn. think about um, think about the people that you respect the most. You know, yep. we, we say as leaders sometimes, I don't want them to see that I'm weak here. Like think about the people in history, everyone, and you read their stories and you look at the struggles and the things they admitted that they struggled with, whether it be mental health, bankruptcy, relations, whatever. Yep. And this is a part of their story. So it's very interesting. I always tell people to take a deep breath, look at your top three people, maybe in history that you've respected. I guarantee you, look at their backstory whatever book they've come out with that they've had these intimate conversations they shared their struggles people like stories of struggle beginning what we talked about face planning and finding the right tools that inspire them to do the same and you can't do that by looking fake you can't do that by looking like you're strong because we all know deep down you're not you guys, and it becomes and you're going to cause more harm than good in the end. And it comes off, you guys, inauthentic. You know what? It comes off too distrustful for people. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, I had literally team members say that to me years later once I got past and became a better leader. Like, Jen, you came off a little fake. We knew you were trying to be positive, but we knew you weren't doing well. And it felt there was this disconnect. I'm like, wow. You guys, I'm telling you, things have shifted in what people desire and they can sense things. And when you're willing to go out on that, that branch and be willing to open up. Sometimes it's not about the problem. It's about how you're displaying your energy in the problem. Okay, everybody, if you're going like, you guys were in a, a shizzy show right now and you're just opened up about it, people, but if you get panicking, start guarding, like how bad, then they're guessing how bad it is. Like just this open conversation, no. these intimate, I don't just say vulnerable, these intimate conversations that you have to really navigate. And if you want to succeed in life, everyone, you have to be willing to navigate intimate, vulnerable, tough conversations. Something I also specialize in besides wellness is helping people navigate tough conversations. I haven't always been good at it, you guys. I will be honest. And I learned through a lot of neuro-linguistic processing other courses sure. I've taken in just time, like how to do it and do it well. And it, again, can create a lot less drama, a lot less emotional, mental stress, and a lot more team. Hop on board. Let's get this done. Let's continue to be epic and move it forward. And I believe that's huge. So deep, vulnerable connection is huge besides wellness in my book. <laughs> well, you know, it fits for me as well. Um, uh, early on, early on, you just mentioned again, uh, you referenced uh, uh, being epic. Uh, and and uh, specifically, I know you you spent a lot of time in, in, in epic leadership, or at least uh, promoting epic leadership. I wonder yeah. if you could maybe expand a bit further. My guess is it probably touches on some of the things we've talked about already, yeah. but I would imagine uh, there's a bit more to it. Yeah. So I believe it's funny because I just put out my my updated speaker reel about this as of late on LinkedIn. But I truly believe leaders um, are being required to do and exude in and be different leaders than we were and not just before 2020, but now definitely after 2020, that there are certain next level leadership traits that we need as leaders because there's a lot of stuff going on out there and with the internet and we have so many things accelerated bad we need leaders that are going things for good accelerating as well so i believe that there are frameworks to allow a leader that has their impact they want to give to the world to lead in a more epic way in an accelerated way what do i mean by epic no. yes not only creating an environment where your mind, your body, soul, because this is the temple, this is the caboose that gets you doing the things you, you want to do, creating a vision and mission that has high integrity is out for the world for good, drawing in vulnerable conversations and connect, connection and personal growth and transformation for you and your team. I believe, yes, that all leads to epic leaders that accelerate their profit, their productivity, their impact for good. What I mean by epic is this, everyone, truly. Epic to me is transformation. Mm. Transformation is different than growth. So you may take a course oddly, or maybe after a certain amount of years, you feel like you've grown in an area of leadership, or your team has grown in an area that you wanted to grow in that was a goal for you. What I mean, epic is next level where you're not just growing, you're actually a completely different person. You, your team, and a completely different person that is actually aligned with the people they're supposed to be for themselves. And if they're drawn to your company, for your company, because I believe when people are transformed in the highest version of self as leaders and drawing in the right team that are doing the same and creating a space for that, that's when you become 
the 1% leader. That's when you become the epic leader. That's when you become the leader that no matter the environment, no matter the adversity, you are accelerating unbelievably. And people are looking around going, how? How is he doing that? And that's what I would say is you're, you're not just growing and changing as a person or as a team or as a business leader, you're literally transforming into a different person because we as humans are meant to evolve. And when you do that, you draw on the right people on your team and they're evolving too. So transformational leadership is epic leadership to me where you are accelerating the next level of you at an accelerated rate because we need people for good doing the right things right now more than ever because we have a lot of bad stuff out there everybody and we want to overcompensate that right with the good that we can bring to the world so that's what epic leadership means to me is really deep transformation at its root level in some of those ways of getting there some of the things we've talked about (laughs) well it's amazing and 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 when you sort of think about the 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 kind i'm i'm so jennifer i'm big on impact i'm big on you know, what our actions can do for others and how they can impact others. And so you, you think about bringing this epic frame of thinking and your in, into your behaviors, into your actions, the yeah. impact and the ripple effects is, is, is just tremendous. So that's the part that, that really has got me excited and why I, I think it's such a wonderful framework to operate yeah. with. And even from a starting point, like, if right. you know, and, and I can think of more of a new leader, like, you know, if you have that as a starting point to get you on that path, I think you're on the right, you know, that's the right yeah. direction to go in. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, love it. I love this stuff. This is how we, this is how we elevate together. You know, I heard a quote, I'm going to misquote. I love quotes and I'm going to misquote who, who said this, but I'm going to steal the quote. So I'm just admitting right now, this is not my quote, but I love the quote. And I think it's something to really live by. Um, I often live by like my epitaphs and is in front of me. Like, what do I want my epitaph to say? And it's something that helps me guide me every day. But this quote is what has been really profound for me is, Many people, majority of people die at age 25 and get buried at age 75. Mm. And what we mean by that is many of us live a non-epic life. Many of us live not to our full potential. Many of us live to unevolved version of ourselves. And I believe each of us were put here at a specific time with our specific genetics to impact the world in powerful ways. I don't care what it is. If you're a mom, if you want to basket weave in Zimbabwe, if you want to lead a company, if you want to lead a nonprofit, if you want to help raise amazing kids, I don't care what it is, but I believe we're each here for a reason. And my thought is I want to live like I'm alive. Okay. And not be the end of my life regretting regretting and this is your guys's honestly challenge that are listening right now have your epitaph in front of you what do you want it to say and live not like we just said with the quote don't die at age 25 and think your life is done and bury at 75 live now and evolve every day and not every day is going to be the same but if you go after every day and know that you did the best you could with the tools you had you can go to bed at night knowing you did the best you could with the tools you had and i i challenge all of you to live that way yes. i've lost people i've sat by their bedside and held their hand as they've gone into the next life and i'm telling you that's something that acutely sticks in your brain and it's reminded me that i'm not perfect I've made a lot of mistakes. I've had hard stuff. But one thing I can say I've done for quite some time now is I live every day to its fullest. How it ends up is different every day, but I can honestly say that. And that makes me feel good about me, which I hope helps others feel good about them. Well, well, well knowing not where it ends up is the fun part, right? Because you yeah. don't know where it'll go, right? But yeah. uh, moving forward that in that positive manner, that, you know, yeah. that you know, that epic way of thinking, uh, you know, in the end, I think only good things will come your way. Even this, you know, these good things disguise and these challenges and adversity, yeah. right? Yeah. Good happen, so that's awesome. Yeah. Jennifer, this is, this. Is, I'm, I'm so glad that we had this chat today and uh, I really appreciate you uh, sort of taking the time and then sort of walking us through, uh, understanding sort of the, the connection with the brain and the, and the body and, and, and yeah. understand wellness and, you know, obviously, you know, epic, epic leadership. Uh, one last question is I wanted to ask you, you know, before we go is you know the, that 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 individual who's you know he's on that, that individual's on the cusp of making that that that, that important decision uh, that needs to take that leap of faith or take that chance and or be bold and audacious and they're and they're struggling and they're not sure where to go what what would you tell them or what would you encourage them to do yeah i think the biggest thing we we hit on it first is you want to make sure 
that you are surrounding yourself with two or three people that you trust, like, and know, and are rooting for you. Because when you're about to make a big step and you've never done it before, everyone, it is scary. But when you get around someone or reach out to a colleague or reach out to a coach and say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to do. Everyone, I'm going to tell you right now, when you have a big, big goal, it is hard for you to fully believe it yourself. Thus, you need to have one person, just one in your life that believes it for you. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and you reach out to them, I've done that, you guys. When I opened my first practice in 2008 crash, I had one person that told me not to do it. Okay. The rest of just and I went with the person that was like, Jen, you can do this and this is how. Have right. someone believe it for you. So when you're about to take a step on something, you guys, and I'm not just saying like candy that you like, like a dream that you're like, I'm scared, but when I think about it, I'm scared, Jennifer. But when I think about it, really think about it, it lights me up on all five senses. My intuition saying yes, I get so excited. I think about it at night. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. If that is you, everybody, that is your in- intuition inside that's so brilliant saying, heck yes, heck yes, heck yes. Oh. Trust that by taking one step of having someone believe it for you, Okay safety let don't leap and do try to do 20 things your brain's going to shut down leap to someone that you know can give you momentum maybe some tools to start the next step okay don't do the first step of something this big that you're really excited about on your own do some of these steps i mentioned about calming yourself and then reach out to one person that you know will believe it for you and then maybe they know a coach that can help you with the business story but that is cheaper and ways to be research like you guys get the domino effect so i can't overemphasize regulating your nervous system to be able to believe it and take it in and then reach out to the one person that you know is going to believe it for you on days that you don't because you're going to have that as you go into this new space and the brain always wants to work against you a little bit it's change it's change it's change it's going to fight you a little bit so have people in your corner even if it's just one and if you don't have one everybody that's okay call me <laughs> i'll be i'll be that person for you absolutely jennifer would have your back no doubt about that <laughs> that's sure. yeah and but, i would love to offer your audience oddly i do have um a pdf and we, i can uh-huh. give it to you for the link and the notes and everything yeah. on, yeah. on food the top 10 food to help optimize your mental okay. edge because oh, your gut health and specifically food that helps brain is your brain health. So there are things that can help optimize that as well with stress and anxiety. And um, I have that PDF for you guys. So I can give that to oddly for the show notes. And I'd be more than happy to give that gift to your, your guests. <laughs> Amazing. No, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that. I think you know, every, every, every little thing counts, every little bit counts. You know, we can never have too much things to fortify us against you know, right. stress, adversity, and challenges in our lives. And so, well, I've been a practitioner. I did physical stuff all the time and nutrition. Right. So I have those tools too, you guys. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's amazing. So for, for, for our listeners that wanted to, to connect with you directly or, or maybe bring you in for a speech or, 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 or work in other capacities, where, where can we send them, Jennifer? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the most active on LinkedIn and Instagram on Instagram, it's the Jennifer Watson, the the Jennifer Watson, and on um, LinkedIn, it's Jennifer Watson. But also, you can directly book me for speaking and set up a consultation for coaching consulting. That's complimentary off my website at jenniferwatsonleadership.com. So those are the main core places to reach out to me, and me or my team will respond and get you supported in whatever way you need. <laughs> amazing, amazing, Jennifer. This has been so so awesome. Uh, thank you for, for the insights, the energy, the yeah. lovely smile. It's, it's been great to have you here on the podcast with me and uh, uh, continue doing great stuff because uh, you are, you, you definitely are making a difference. So thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right. Take care. Back, we are here on the podcast, and much thanks and appreciation goes out to Jennifer for stopping by and enlightening us on the significance of wellness and, and, and the role that it has on our lives, and also the things that leaders can do to promote a culture of wellness. Uh, so thanks again, Jennifer, for being here. I really appreciate it. You know, I really did appreciate the conversation I had with her, but you know, if there's one thing I take from the chat, 
it would have to be this. In a world filled with demands and distractions, the pursuit of audacious living, characterized by boldness, fearlessness, and the spirit of adventure, often takes a backseat to the daily grind. However, what if I told you incorporating wellness activities into your life could be the key to unlocking a more audacious and fulfilling existence? Let's explore how embracing wellness can empower us to live more audaciously and embrace life with a renewed sense of vitality and purpose. Physical wellness forms the cornerstone of audacious living as it provides the energy, strength, and resilience needed to pursue bold endeavors. By prioritizing physical physical fitness, we not only cultivate a robust and capable body, but also develop the courage to step outside our comfort zones and embrace new experiences. Wellness activities aimed at nurturing mental and emotional well-being play a pivotal role in fostering audacious living. Practices such as mindfulness meditation, journaling, and self-reflection provide opportunities to cultivate resilience, self-awareness, and a positive mindset. By developing emotional intelligence and honing more mental fortitude, we become better equipped to confront obstacles, embrace change, and pursuit audacious goals. Wellness activities that promote joy, purpose, and connection are instrumental in fostering audacious living. Engaging in creative pursuits, volunteering, and immersing ourselves in meaningful experiences can ignite a sense of purpose and fulfillment. Whether it's exploring a new hobby, embarking on a volunteer mission, or participating in a community event, these activities infuse our lives with vitality and meaning, fueling our audacious spirit. Incorporating wellness activities into our lives is not merely about maintaining health. It's about embracing a mindset of audacious living. It's about daring to dream big, embrace challenges with courage, and living life to the fullest. By prioritizing physical fitness, mental and emotional well-being, we equip ourselves to approach life's adventures with audacity, resilience, and an unwavering spirit of exploration. In conclusion, by integrating wellness activities into our daily routines, we can cultivate the courage, resilience, and sense of purpose necessary to live more audaciously. So let's embark on a journey with open hearts and open minds, ready to embrace the audacious spirit that resides within each of us. Here's to a life filled with boldness, adventure, and the unwavering pursuit of audacious living. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to all those encouragers uh, that promote this podcast and help it grow, as well as those uh, those that are out there living that audacious spirit. Uh, to all of you, I say thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevens.